You, me, and HIFMB. Stories of science and the sea. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the HIFMB podcast. In this one, we are back with good audio quality uh, in the intro as well. So the entire episode is good quality again. So in this episode, I talked to Lukas Meisig, who is a community ecologist, a postdoc, who works on, um, used to work in, on seagrass in his uh, PhD. He now works on uh, benthic ecology of the Wadden Sea and into the role that seagrass can play in clearing polluted water. And that project is in collaboration with Tanzania and South Africa. And we look into his most recent scientific publication and his entire career in science. So without further ado, I give you Lukas Meisig. Okay, hey everybody and welcome to the next episode of the HIFMB podcast. And today I have Lukas Meisig, um, a postdoc at HIFMB. Welcome. Hello, thanks Jan. Yeah, no worries. What do you do at HIFMB? Um, well, yeah, as you said, I'm a, I'm a postdoc. Yeah. Uh, I started uh, one and a half years ago mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm focusing on climate change um, um, effects on benthic communities, mm -hmm. mostly in, in the water sea now. So we did a few uh, mesocosm experiments on, on heat waves and how benthic Uh, benthic ecosystems um, respond to heat waves. Um. Yeah, just so everybody knows, because uh, there's people listening who, who are not scientists. Ah, hopefully. Okay. Um, so benthic is anything on the seafloor. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's correct. So all the all the soft sediment worms and um, um, bivalves, um, how they are affected from 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 heat stress then um, due to heat waves, especially summer heat waves, and how this will also affect basically their their functioning in the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, for example, like how they um, mix the sediment, yeah, um, how they filtrate um, um, particles out of the water column and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's currently the main focus. But yeah. yeah, and where do you do those mesocosm experiments, right? Uh, so. Is it in the it's, in the Warden Sea or? Yeah, it's in in Sylt actually, um, mm -hmm. Avi Sylt. So yeah, um, one of the one of the major uh, German islands. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the yeah. And and that's what you've been doing all summer, right? Pretty yes, much. Yeah. Yes. And then there's a few experiments we also are currently doing. We did last year in in Finland still, where I did my PhD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, we're gonna get into that. So similar topic, um, also like responses to to heat stress. Yeah. Of um, um, benthic organisms, but but like um, in a different system in the Baltic Sea. Yeah. Then, yeah. But is it a coincidence that because so you also work on seagrass, which we're going to get into in a second, um, mm -hmm. and that Zylt has one of the largest seagrass beds in in the Warden Sea, right? Or I well uh, does it? I don't uh, know. Uh, I, I think it might. It sounds it sounds correct. Yeah. Um, at least I know they have uh, huge problems in um, in the Netherlands with with their seagrass meadows, and right. they. Um, like scientists from the Netherlands quite often come to actually silt to collect um, um, seeds mm -hmm. and seedlings um, for for restoration projects. That's mm -hmm. what I've heard. But, But that's not why you're doing your. No, no, no. That was just coincidence. So right. Okay. I haven't I haven't really been working with seagrass um, since I got my my postdoc position here at HIFMB. Yeah, right. So that was kind of my expertise back then and the, mm -hmm. um, during my PhD mm -hmm. studies. Yeah. But you would consider yourself a, a seagrass expert. Expert or maybe I don't know, maybe <laughs> more like a I don't know. I I, I like seagrasses. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably not there to call myself uh, an expert yet. Yeah, let's let's hope maybe in a few years. But okay, yeah. But you also recently started a um, a, a new project 
that involves seagrass, right? Yeah, and to an extent. So this was this was also more coincidence. Um, mm -hmm. So actually, just like um, Ruth from from the administration here at HFMB asked me if I want to be um, involved in this project. Yeah. Um, in in Africa, mm -hmm. um, in both in Tanzania and in South Africa, um, on on. Um, watershed pollution and how seagrasses can can help to reduce um, pollution in, in coastal areas mm -hmm. um so can yeah so, so that's uh, well that's that's what we try to to find out but right i but, mean but 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 where does the hypothesis come from that they do um well first of all they they take up a lot of nutrients right um so they um reduce nutrients that like watershed um nutrient input um, at the same time, they, they stabilize sediment, they filter particles out of the sediment. Mm -hmm. um, so they like um, have um, quite, a, quite a big effect on, on water clarification in general. Yeah, right. Like okay. also like the light penetration through the water, um, which then in turn can also benefit, for example, like adjacent um, um, ecosystems like coral reefs or mm -hmm. um, sponge gardens, whatever you have there. Um, so the hypothesis is that that um, with help of or by with, with seagrasses we can kind of um, um, promote also other ecosystems that are nearby and that might be threatened due to um, pollution. Um, pollution. Yeah. 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 Right. Sweet. And the so how you got involved is is not because of your uh, seagrass expertise, but well, actually. A bit like I think there's no not so many people here at HFB who work with seagrass and yeah, would just know. said like well we had this idea to do something with seagrass with our collaborators from from um, South Africa and Tanzania and yes. would you like to be involved in it? I said yeah of course yeah that great sounds, that sounds cool and and what's the so what's the project called first of all uh, it's called um, somewhat so <laughs> um, now let me let me think it's nature based solutions for watershed pollution mm -hmm. so. Um, so the whole it, it's um, funded by by the GIZ. Um, they have this like Mervison initiative that funds um, collaborations between African and German um, and partner institutes. Yeah, what does GIZ stand for again? Uh, this is Gesellschaft für internationale Zusammenarbeit. Ah, okay, right. Yeah. Uh, 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 Society for International Collaboration. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's correct. I, I, I would guess so. Yeah, that's, that, that this is their direct translation. Yeah, um, and so they. This is now the third call, and they fund fund projects um, that um, uh, uh, this uh, this call was based on or was um, looking on nature based solutions. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, how ecosystems can facilitate also um, like coastal coastal areas, um, yeah. and how with the help of ecosystems we can um, reduce some, for example, like um, watershed pollution or some yeah. some other. Um, issues uh, that are induced by by humans so. yeah i'm i'm always a bit s shaky on the on the nature-based solutions definition is is that what it means pretty much uh, like you just said that's yeah i, I don't know i hope so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's at least how, how how i think about it yeah exactly like yeah, um, perfect. using using like part of nature to actually tackle um some anthropogenic stressors mm -hmm. i would guess yeah so and some issues that come up to bite us in the end again yeah, yeah yeah okay and part of the project is also the restoration of of seagrass so whether so first you would see whether it actually solves or or immediate pollution <laughs> and then you would try to um, plant some no not not really i think okay. that's more like an like an outlook um depending on mm -hmm. on what kind of um um response we get but the idea is to well, first of all, see how seagrass can tackle these issues, mm -hmm. um, uh, and then 
um, based on this um, start um, together with, with local stakeholders, with, um, with um, regional councils also to start um, coming up with some, with some um, water quality guidelines mm -hmm. and monitoring tools that people can use there to um, actually look at the, the water quality and um, yeah. like as an, as an indicator, like seagrass as an indicator yeah, and as right. a monitoring tool mm -hmm. for um, water quality in, in the area. Yeah, okay. Um, because especially in, so we have, we have been to, to Zanzibar now and especially um, where we are planning to work and uh, in the last 10, 10, 15 years, a lot of hotels have popped up on the, on the East Coast, especially um, mm. and um, all the, all the wastewater is not really treated. Um, um, they just have septic tanks and it basically runs directly um, into the into the ocean, oh, right. and there's a lot of um, um, algal farmers um, yeah. that actually like live from algal farming right there, and they have a lot of lot of issues nowadays with um, like rashes, um, but also the there's like um, cyanobacteria overgrown on the algae. Oh, okay. um, then we work together with an NGO um, um, that. Um, uh, has sp sponge farms there, mm -hmm. and also those have a um, lot of issues um, since the last years, and they suspect it's it's the water quality I see, okay. um, in the lagoon. So yeah, the first idea would be to actually check if that's that's true, if 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 the water quality has decreased there, um, and then to see um, what benefits do seagrass meadows bring, mm. and if we can actually make use of them, um, and then. All this, this, this restoration project would be like an outlook. Maybe if you, if we could somehow prolong the exper uh, the, the project, mm -hmm. maybe this could be done in, in the future. But that's not at least not part of the current current project right. so far. But th that kind of like sounded um, that it's not really known whether it's the pollution actually causing the issues. But would you would you um, investigate this as well? Or yeah, so we wanted we want to do some some surveys there um, right. on water quality in general. Okay. Um, and then have few comparable sites um, to to actually identify what what is the what is the huge issue is going on there, mm -hmm. um, how much have those new hotels polluted the the whole lagoon? Yeah. Um, what are the consequences for like local fishermen, for local algal farmers, um, for the sponge farmers? Um, and yeah, and then to see how we can tackle this maybe with help of seagrass. And how would you how would you do that? How would you involve the seagrass in the? Well. First of all, I, I would like to use seagrass as a as a simple monitoring tool because yeah. um, um, so we had this like when we went to to Tanzania and had um, this kickoff meeting, mm -hmm. we actually everybody had to um, start um, thinking about their project and come up with like a few like um, phrases, um, short um, short summaries and of their project and ours was um, if I recall correctly like healthy seagrass, healthy people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so the idea would be to actually see how is the um, current status of the seagrass meadows, um, mm -hmm. and is does this relate to water quality? I see. Yeah. And if then we can, by simple monitoring tools um, from from local people, maybe um, kind of have um, have this this indicator um, if water quality turns 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 worse. Um, mm -hmm. Then we have to, for example, like um, come up with some guidelines. Um, have to come up with some restrictions for the hotels, maybe when it comes to their um, um, sewage water. I see. Okay. So, so this kind of yeah. kind of um, idea. And um, you mentioned some stakeholders that are involved. Are they? Which ones are they? Um, so far, we work together with this with this NGO with mm -hmm. the um, um, 
coral farm, uh, sponge farmers, sorry. Yeah. So it's actually um, uh, a Swiss NGO, but they're based there um, and they um, have um, um, sponge nurseries um, in the deeper sea. Um. What's the Swiss, en Swiss NGO <laughs> called? Uh, it's called Marine Cultures. Okay. And so they have, they have um, sponge um, nurseries in deeper water yeah. and then work together with, um, um, with uh, local women from the, from, from the area, mm -hmm. which then basically grow those sponges um, in the shallow waters um, and sell them um, then to, for tourists, um, but also sell them back to the NGO. For, right. um, so the NGO makes no profit. Um, they just basically buy all the, all the sponges from them so they have like a stable income. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and they are really keen, of course, um, on, on finding out what, what the yeah. issues, the late issues um, have been on their, on their mm -hmm. sponges and why they have been or why they haven't grown that that well. Okay. So um, hopefully we might also collaborate with with Wyomza together. Mm -hmm. um, which is the yeah, yeah, the Western Indian Ocean Marine Science Organization. Yes. Um, so I mean, they have been quite involved with Mavis in general. So um, mm -hmm. this would be potential project partner. And then in in South Africa also a lot of with those um, local councils and national parks there. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the South African team, they already have quite some tight collaborations with them. Right. Um, so, and yeah, I think it's, it's going to be like maybe in, in Tanzania and South Africa, each like three or four stakeholders, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but we're still just in the co-design um, phase of the, of the project. So the, the, the project hasn't even started yet. It's right. going to start in February. Mm -hmm. So we're still kind of um, have to decide with whom we work together. Um, okay. Very early, early yeah, doors. Yeah. yeah. So, which this is a quite nice thing of this this whole project. So, um, they actually, um, you first of all, you have to you have to like submit like a um, preliminary proposal, basically, mm -hmm. um, and this is then if it's accepted, then you have this half a year or nine months even time for the co-design um, phase where you where okay. all the project partners and the stakeholders get together and actually come up with like a common agenda. Yeah, design um, it together. Yeah, yeah. and then then. Um, you start um, to actually work on the project. So, okay. so we're still in an early, early and, stage. And, and your role uh, isn't really set yet in, in stone or, or your specific uh, um, job, basically? No, not, no, not really. I think it's just... Um, so I always struggle a bit with the, with the whole um, um, structure with um, HIFMB, University of Oldenburg. So yeah. um, Peter Schupp from University of Oldenburg mm -hmm. is involved. He's also, of course, from the HIFMB. So yeah. right. I'm not really sure, like how to how to describe this the best. Um, yeah. And then then Sven Rode um, okay. from H um, um, ICBM. Mm -hmm. So um, and I'm basically I think the one of the main project partners from from yeah. HIFMB. Sweet. Um, yeah. Cool project coming up. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Okay. Looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. Then, okay, let's let's look into your CV for a bit. Um, so you you yeah you're German. Tim. Yes. Yeah. First of all, you you grow up quite quite near from me. I think uh, uh, I'm from Leipzig. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm from from Chemnitz, which is like yeah yeah super close. Forty five minutes also drive. Yeah. yeah. In the east of Germany. Um, did you and and you did your masters in in Freiburg? Ah, uh, sorry, your bachelor's. So your scientific career started in Freiburg. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the south of Germany, um, because I I think my 
my grades weren't good enough to actually get into biology. Oh, I see. So really? then I had to take a little detour with like environmental science, which <laughs> okay. was without any like, what is it, NC numerus clausus. Uh, yeah, so, without entry requirements. Yeah, 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 you could just you could just sign up and then you were in there. So Yeah. What, what drew you to, to Freiburg, to well, the south? I mean... The Black Forest. The, I'm not. I'm not really like a forest person, but. Are you uh, not? Okay. <laughs> but the climate, maybe. Yeah. Um, so and like a student city, at, at, it sounded really like like a, a good place to actually do your studies. And was it? It was awesome. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Nice. And, um, and quite far from family for the first time, which is also nice. Maybe to be a bit more independent. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you, while you were there, you also did like an, uh, a studies abroad trip where you then actually did biology, right? In in um, Bilbao in Spain? Is it yeah, yeah, but this, I mean, yeah, I, I took a few courses, but everything was in, 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 in Spanish. So yeah. know, it was just... Oh, the entire course was in Spanish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, right. I'm not even sure if I passed a single one there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. because of language issues. Do you speak uh, Spanish a little? Or? Back then... A bit, but then I, I haven't used it anymore since. Oh, okay. Ever since, so. Yeah. Where do you think it is? Your, your, your Spanish? Like really, really basic. I yeah. Think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not sure if I would pass an A1. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the okay, and then you you from there you moved to uh, to to Oldenburg actually yeah. for for a masters. Yeah, that's correct. And for so environmental model, uh, modeling that was. So statistics was always on the forefront of your... Well, um, I actually started with uh, marine environmental sciences, mm -hmm. um, but then switched to environmental modeling because I think all the modules were, you could just, um, you could just take models from you know, both, both um, courses. Okay. Um, and then I think the idea was to... Or I just realized I could, I could graduate a bit earlier um, if I take environmental modeling because mm -hmm. um, there was one, I don't know, there was one course that I would have to add for marine environmental science. So... Um, I think it was just a bit more practical to actually finish with environmental modeling. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think the the courses were the same, more or less. So yeah. I think you're quite free to choose whatever you want here um, okay. at the university, which is quite nice. So that's your first experience with, with Oldenburg done. And then is that what... Did you like it here? Did you live here or...? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I lived here first in Oldenburg for one and a half years. And then I moved to Bremen. Yeah, right. Um, just for like a bit big city vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, um, but I, I really enjoy Oldenburg still. Like yeah. it's a it's a nice place. Nice. That's what drew you back to the city. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the, so for your for your thesis, you also worked on um, alternate stable states. So uh, that's something I worked as well uh, worked on as well during my PhD. Um, did you work on feedbacks as well? So on ecological feedbacks? Uh, no, not really. Um, we did this bit more like in a. Well, we tried to work a bit on feedbacks um, mm -hmm. later on um, during my PhD um, experimentally, but yeah, uh, this, you know, this this never really works like you you yeah, exactly. expect it to work. Yeah. So, um, but back in New Zealand, this was um, like a like they had like this this disturbance recovery model. Oh, hold on, on in, in New Zealand, so that's um, so from during your your masters in Oldenburg, you then did a. Semester. I did my master thesis in New Zealand. That was the. Uh, basically my master thesis project was the alternate stable states ah okay uh, yeah yeah and that was uh f for how long were you there in uh for six or seven months oh I right think. yeah your your supervisor here was jan freund yeah and and then uh, in new zealand was carolyn lundquist from from neva okay um this national institute for water and atmospheric research I oh, think. Right. <laughs> um so like a semi 
com commercial um, institutes. So they both do like um, research, but also co commercial contracting. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a bit odd how it works there. All right. But yeah, and there I, I worked on on like some some disturbance yeah. um, model of benthic um, ecosystems. Yeah. Um, yeah. First time in New Zealand. How was that? It's it's amazing, like to yeah. But unfortunately, I didn't have much time to actually um, to actually get get out of the out of the office so much. Oh, I see. So and also in New Zealand, you can't do much without a car either because yeah, they don't have yeah. like public public transport. Yeah. So I didn't see much actually. I just like visited a few cities, but I haven't really seen much of nature there. What, where is uh, Neva? Is that an It's in Hamilton. Hamilton. No. Okay. So that's like I guess like to I don't know. It's it's, it's not not really like a, a pretty city. It's the middle of in between um, Auckland and Wellington, like half halfway okay. there. Um, right. I've never been to New Zealand. Is that North or South Island? North Island. North I have Island, actually okay. never seen the South Island, ah, okay. which is like a lot of people like just laugh about me when when you go to like for six months to New Zealand, <laughs> you haven't seen the South Island. It's probably not a good thing, I guess. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, y y you were busy with work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then PhD started um, in 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 the same year when you finished your your mm -hmm. uh, your masters. And for that, you went to Finland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How how did you get that position? Uh, this was actually because of my time in New Zealand. They have quite from the the researcher from from Niva. They have quite some close ties to um, um, Finnish researchers. Ah, okay. Um, and since I didn't want to go so far away for a PhD, um, my supervisor then Carolyn she suggested to go to to um, Finland if yeah. you want to do something and. Yeah, does she have ties with uh, uh, Scandinavia? She sounds Scandinavian. Uh, yeah, but this is uh, like unrelated, I think. Right. Okay. <laughs> so this <laughs> is like like third generation back. Oh, I see. Something like she's American, so there's a lot of you yeah. know. Right. Okay. Um, and so so they suggested you for the f or, or they they highlighted the position to you, and then you had to. Apply. Yeah, she she showed me like a few positions there um, mm -hmm. of of um, um, friends she has worked with before and so okay. and said this this could be like a good good place to go yeah like this would be maybe something that would suit you yeah nice of, yeah and that's the first time that you work with seagrass then yeah yeah actually i, I applied for the position didn't even know what seagrass is so yeah it was a business <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah and were you based yeah where were you based what's the uni called the uni is called obo academy um Obo, okay so it's a, a Swedish-speaking university in in Finland. They have a Swedish-speaking minority in Finland. Oh, okay. So five percent of the population speaks Swedish, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, along the coastline mostly. Yeah. And this is in the university is in, in Turku or Obo in in Swedish. Ah, okay. Ah, um, right. So that's why it's called Obo Academy. Yeah. Okay. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't based in Helsinki. No. 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 Okay. In, But uh, it's just like two hours drive. So it's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering why why in your CV it doesn't actually say that you speak Finnish but Swedish. Yeah. So, so it's because of that. Yeah. 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 So I took a Swedish course instead of um, a Finnish course because all my colleagues were Swedish speaking, and then in in Turku also like the I think the, the there's like at least like ten percent who speak Swedish instead of like yeah. everywhere else. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's like considered like the Swedish capital of, of of Finland because actually when I think when Finland still belonged to Sweden it was the actual capital of of, of Finland. Ah. Okay. So. Ah, now it all makes sense. So and your your uh, supervisor was Christopher Bostrom. Yeah. Who so. is Swedish, presumably? No, he's he's Finnish he's but Swedish speaking. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, that's. Oh, yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, sorry. 
No, no, continue. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you th then you actually work with feedbacks in in uh, in seagrass community. Yeah, yeah, a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, at least we. I mean, that there's. I mean, seagrass seagrasses as ecosystem engineers, um, mm -hmm. they depend a lot on on feedbacks, right? So yeah, um, yeah. they. The more denser the, the seagrass meadows are, the more they can actually, I don't know, um, 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 filter filter the water column from particles or so. And yeah. the, more, the more light they actually get. So they have like positive feedbacks with their own density. Mm -hmm. The more seagrass is there, the more stable it actually is. Yeah. So, um, so maybe maybe it's worth getting into what an ecosystem engineer is. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. So... Well, I would consider an ecosystem engineer like any, any organism that actually directly or indirectly um, sort of affects their environment. Yeah. Exactly, um, and also affects other other organisms around them. Mm -hmm. So um, I I guess seagrasses are quite classical examples for ecosystem engineers because they uh, have a huge effect on on hydrodynamics. Um, they reduce currents and waves, um, so they provide a lot of shelter for for associated um, mm -hmm. um, organisms there. Yeah, um, they can stabilize the sediment, reduce erosion through their roots. Um, so they have quite a strong effect on on their surroundings. Okay. Um, I think like the, the most classical example from the terrestrial world is probably like a beaver who builds a dam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I yes. guess that's what they like the. Exactly. Yeah. Who, who textbook has textbook example of an ecosystem engineer. Yeah. Exactly. An extraordinary uh, impact on its on its ecosystem that yeah, it lives yeah. in. Yeah. Exactly. Sweet. The 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 feedbacks actually I I work with were macroalgal based on coral reefs and they have the exact same like when they get denser and denser fish for some reason feed less on them and then the herbivory or, or the the um the, the plant eating pressure is lessened and lessened and then okay. they get even denser and denser so it's also density it's okay yeah yeah but in this case you actually oh, want yeah. seagrass in on coral reefs you don't want yeah algae. yeah yeah, that's yeah but yeah very very interesting parallels <laughs> yeah i think there's a lot of parallels between all those you know yeah. habitat forming yeah. um, um species and is Toko so. by the by, by by the sea or Obo? Yeah, it's uh, it's directly by the sea, by the um, Baltic Sea. Yeah, yeah, and that's where so your field work also. No, works. but um, so um, there's like this this huge um, archipelago with like I don't know like forty five fifty thousand islands, yeah, um, okay. which is like right in front of Toko in, in the Baltic Sea, and um, on one of those islands we had our um, field station. Mm -hmm. Nice, so, which is quite a beautiful place to be actually. Yeah, it's really cool. Did you spend a lot of time there? All my summers, I think. Yeah, nice. It's quite isolated, so you know you you basically alone for most of the summer. Yeah. Um, but it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Yeah, it's, and uh, like one of your, I think uh, f <laughs> we also our timelines for for like PhD and all that line up very very nicely. Like uh, in in 2019, I thought uh, you had your first first author paper. Is it the same? In Finland or, or in the Swedish system, I don't know, like Finnish and Swedish system, um, that you write your um, thesis in chapters and yeah. each chapter is a publication or can be a publication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same. Is it, it? It isn't the same in Germany. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. You do can it. have those, those monographs, right? Where you're just exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it, it depends on you, I think. And yeah, but I think this came in a bit more handy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At yeah. least if you want to stay in science, I guess, and then yeah. you, you need your publications anyway, right? Yeah. Exactly. So. Yes. So and f in in 2019, your your publishing career yeah. kicked off. Yeah. <laughs> so wh where have you been for your in PhD? in Lancaster in the um, northwest of England, like ah, okay. an hour north of of Liverpool. So it's the same there then with it publishing is, yeah. chapters. Yeah. 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 Okay. Or well, you can do monographs, I think, too. But um, it's it's 
my supervisor advised me not to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, and then uh, let's talk about one of your recent publications, which actually is on um, seagrass. Mm -hmm. And it is, let me find it, sorry. <laughs> so it is uh, on, on uh, seagrasses as coastal um, ecosystem engineers and how they affect sediments, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. But an interaction with bivalves, yeah. mussels. Yeah, yeah. So um, actually, during during my PhD, my my supervisor and his his group they worked in this um, project um, Masses, which is one of those Horizon twenty twenty projects um, on ecosystem restoration. Mm -hmm. um, so restoration of coastal habitats, um, um, and he focusing on on seagrass. And there was quite some research that, um, done already on how bivalves could potentially facilitate seagrass. Yeah. So we wanted to explore this a bit more, how like the bivalves in the Baltic Sea um, in this area can actually benefit maybe seagrass as well. So I was focusing yeah. a bit on this seagrass bivalve interactions. How, how do they do it? Like how do um, bivalves facilitate seagrass? Well, I mean, there's, there's different mechanisms, of course, right. really context dependent, depending yeah. on the environment, depending on, on where you are. Um, yeah. But of course they can, through their um, um, deposits like biodeposition um they just fertilize the, the sediment mm -hmm. this is one um one way they can can facilitate seagrass I see, okay. um they can of course filter a lot of lot of particles out of the water column yeah um so they actually increase like light penetration um ah, yeah, and for seagrass, seagrass which is also yeah, yeah yeah makes it um, better, for the, better for them i think there's also like other other studies showing that they actually can protect them from 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 storms as well because they anchor them a bit especially like those i don't know like blue mussels um that are can form quite dense like unstable like patches yeah, in right. seagrass meadows so okay and then this this usually works like vice versa so it's it's considered a mutualism depending on where you are of course and mm -hmm. there's also negative effects between those but um we at least thought that um seagrass can also benefit bivalves there in the area mm -hmm. Um, so we wanted to um, look into this a bit more um, closely. And I was focusing a bit then on, on hydrodynamics and how they both affect. Yeah, um, exactly. I wanted to get into that. Are you? Do, did you have experience before that with oceanography? And no, not really. But okay. um, we had, um, or had like, with, I don't know, my like third like um, supervisor, inofficial supervisor. Yeah. He was from, uh, he was working in, in um, Gothenburg um, or Christineberg, the, the field station of University of Gothenburg. Mm -hmm on hydrodynamics and um so for one chapter i just went there to do some work um at, at his station and he has all those um cool um wave flumes and current uh, flumes so you can you can play play around a lot with those um with those um tanks yeah um simulating different waves and currents and see how the the animals and the and the plants react to this um so and then i got got a bit into this yeah so Maybe for visualization, does it look like a wind canal a little bit, like but in in the water? Yeah, yeah, a bit maybe, like in, yeah. in, in maybe a bit smaller. I don't know, like yeah, a bit um, smaller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's like a how how can you describe it? Like a like a huge like like a huge basin where you have like a you have a paddle at the end and it just moves moves the water around mm -hmm. um, and creates waves. Yeah. Um, and then and you this, see how they move with with like dye with color or no. No, but we have to. You, you can measure them, of course. Like oh, with, yeah, okay. with, you have those ADVs, acoustic Doppler velocimeter. Oh God, okay, like yeah. Fancy, fancy tools that yeah. can actually, um, yeah, um, can measure the the wave intensity, um, the the speed, mm -hmm. um, so the orbital velocity of the waves, and so on. All right. 
Um, and then, yeah, we were we were interested in how seagrass can affect both like the wave um, the wave velocity, but also um, the effect of waves on sediment and sediment transport. Mm -hmm. And the, so back to your publication, the um, you investigated the the interaction between two species the, yeah the, no multiple species right yeah so. multiple multiple species so um but always like seagrass in combination with with um one one bivalve species so but it was one species of seagrass yeah yeah so there's basically there is just one species of seagrass like in the like in the baltic sea i see okay um and i think they like in the water sea they have two um which look quite similar just yeah. different in size okay. so there's not so much diversity up here in the north Like they get more diverse in the, in the tropics, but, yeah. Yeah. but you don't have so many species here. Yeah. Do you know um, the English name? Uh, eelgrass. Eelgrass, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, um, normally, like um, f for for background purposes, um, normally I think in such interaction studies are quite rare because interactions are always really tricky statistically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So most studies actually do single effects. Yeah, yeah. That's But yeah, that's that's what really sets your study apart because it's one of these interaction studies. Was it in situ? Like, did you do your work in in the field or was it a lab study? It was a lab study. A lab study, yeah, okay. Yeah, so and we worked with two labs, like one of them was the one in Sweden with those um, with their wave tank. Okay. And then we also decided to get um, some some little wave tanks in Finland. Yeah, right. So and then somebody had to test them and do like uh, some first project with them. So that was me then. Ah, okay. Um, so we combined those two studies to one because they work on a quite similar topic on, on erosion of sediment in basically different coastal um, ecosystems. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, yeah, and both in the Baltic Sea, also in the um, this was the Swedish West Coast, the other part. Yeah. Um, you have quite often like a lot of bivalves um, intermixed with seagrass meadows, so you can get like you know you can get cockles and like uh, uh, high abundances in seagrass meadows, um, um, clams, blue mussels, um, yeah. and then Swedish West Coast sometimes also like oysters nowadays. Mm -hmm. So, right, nice. And, but but it's not really clear how oysters interact with uh, seagrass or eelgrass. Not 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 really because I think they. I mean the the Pacific oyster they have there now um, yeah. has been introduced like was in the 60s or so for for aquaculture reasons. Okay, all right. Um, and they they don't really intermix so much with seagrass. Um, if they get too dense, I think the seagrass is not so happy. But um, you have quite often you have like those those single oysters or like small patches in the meadows. Mm -hmm. um, but there hasn't been done so much. Um, on that okay. so far, I think. Okay, and at least not in the area. Yeah. So the study that uh, we're talking about that came out came out this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> But it it took a while to get there. Like. Yeah. W was it the the biggest paper or the biggest chapter of your PhD? Or? At least the one that I liked the most. I yeah, think. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because of that interaction or why? Yeah, but, but also about, the, I, I love this, those hydrodynamics. It's cool. It's yeah. like nice to, you know, <laughs> like work with those flumes um, and yes. wave wave tanks. And um, yeah, I, 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 I think, I don't know. I just liked, liked it yeah. far the most. Yeah. I mean, you're always a bit like, you know, you, you're not... At least it was for me so that like for the first chapters, I wasn't really like super happy about them. And you're yeah. like, yeah, okay, it's, no, exactly. it's okay, but yeah, well. <laughs> exactly the same for me. I've got two chapters that I'm not super happy about mm -hmm. and two that I am really proud of. Um, 
but the so, so uh, you, you said it took a while. Did it take long because of the publication or the the work or? Uh, mostly the, the publication process was quite long, I yeah. think. But okay, yeah, it's a good journal that it came out though, Limnology and Oceanography. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Congrats. Thanks. So, so let's talk about what you actually found. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, maybe I, I give the word to you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So yeah, we had those two two different study sites. So we did like the experiment in Finland, um, mm. and there we looked on seagrass in combination with the Baltic clam, uh, which is like Limicola baltica, I think the yeah okay the um, Latin name, um, which is quite. Um, abundant in seagrass meadows there okay and in sweden we looked on on cockles and oysters and seagrass together okay um and the idea was to see how they actually affect um, um sediment transport um under different wave um um strengths and because it's known that that seagrass at least can reduce sediment erosion um, there's also some studies on how um, um bivalves can um, reduce sediment erosion if they are like epiphyllal bivalves yeah um so bivalves that actually sit on top of the sediment mm -hmm. um then infaunal bivalves that, that live in the sediment okay. um like clams and cockles for example they are usually um suggested to have a bit more like a um a positive effect on erosion processes so they increase erosion because they they so move through the sediment yeah they destabilize so yeah, yeah yeah right okay so but and we wanted to do to, to look on those different um kind of like um functions mm -hmm. um in combination mm -hmm. so um so what we found was actually that um Surprisingly, like this in in Finland and um, in the Baltic Sea, this this infaunal um, clam, the Baltic clam, yeah. had um, a positive effect on on sediment stabilization, um, which was a bit against what what we thought in the beginning. We thought they, in, in they interaction was, with eelgrass, but also alone. It was okay, uh, yeah, right. and um, and we we assumed that it's because of the of the sediment, which was quite coarse, mm -hmm. um, and this sediment. Um, I guess like resuspension doesn't play such a such a big role. So um, the finer particles they are not there. Yeah. So they don't really resuspend particles into the water column. Okay. Um, but just through their pure like like physical um, structure in the sediment, they might just kind of um, reduce um, transport. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then this effect was of course the strongest when um, seagrass and um, those uh, um, clumps were um, combined yeah. together. Yeah. Okay. So there wasn't like anything like like a huge interaction between them, but it was just like a quite additive additive positive effect on sediment stabilization between the two. So so they do well together. They would yeah yeah okay. they would they both um, basically stabilize the sediment mm -hmm. alone and in combination. Um, cool. And we also found at least that there was a slight positive effect on on dislodgement of of um, seagrass shoots when the oh, okay. um, when the clumps were there. Yeah. So they actually anchored the clumps a bit at different, like cool. and especially at higher um, wave velocities. So there's positive effects between them and they yeah yeah they are not they are not really strong. Um, also, yeah. we didn't have maybe enough replicates to actually you know go yeah. through this a bit bit um more carefully um so but at least there's an indication um that mm -hmm. those clumps can can anchor um, yeah. seagrasses and maybe therefore also maybe some some uh, measure in when you want to do some restoration in yeah. like more exposed sites yeah exactly so could they could they counteract erosion if there's like a, a huge or, or a huge field of of or a meadow i don't know what you call it uh, a meadow with mm -hmm. Uh, clams and seagrass together could they maybe counteract erosion? Well, I mean, at least this is a bit what what the study indicates. But then yeah. it's still it's a it's a lab study, right? So it's yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. hard to extrapolate this to the field. Um, yeah. So 
where wave conditions might be completely different to what we have. We had quite like a, you know, yeah. quite like a really clean simulated uh, simulated yeah. wave. Yeah. Um, so this is more like a like a mechanistic paper, maybe mm -hmm. to just look first of all on, on some some interactions and some mechanisms. Exactly. I mean, I mean that's what you need at first. Um, and, and what did you find with the other two uh, clams? So um, with the oysters, we didn't find any effect, okay. um, which is surprising because, I mean, all the papers say that like oyster, oysters reduce erosion, of course, but yeah. um, only if, when they are like in those big um, oyster oyster reefs. Yeah. Um, in, since in the seagrass meadows, they're just like um, individual oysters. Um, oh, okay. And we used those, those densities. And we couldn't find a strong effect on sediment erosion, but do they? Sorry, can you remind me? Do they sit on the on the uh, sediment or in the sediment? Depends a bit on the on the sediment. I mean, they they, just, they sit on the sediment, right? Okay. Um, but if it's a bit muddier, they can also like like go into it. They 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 don't go in, but they stay basically erect. Um, right. So they they look out of the sediment, so they are a bit more like let's say a few centimeters in. Okay. But they have different positions actually depending on the sediment type. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so no effect with no effect oysters. with oysters, but we just had like we just looked on basically effects on of three oysters um, okay. in those um, in those tanks. Okay. Um, but um, the the cockle, yeah, like what, this, the third one, yeah, yeah. Um, they had um, a really destabilizing effect on um, on sediment erosion. Oh, okay. And I guess the most surprising result from the study was that, um, so seagrass has a positive effect, the cockles have, um, a negative effect, mm -hmm. but when you combine them, the, this negative effect is completely vanished. Um, you just have the positive effect of seagrass on, okay. on, um, sediment stabilization. So it completely so, overtakes. Yeah. There's no difference if you have seagrass alone or seagrass with cockles, um, yeah. they just, stabilize the sediment interesting whereas when you have just cockles they destabilize the sediment but but cockles they don't do anything negative for seagrass so they don't do anything on the dislodgement part or um i mean there's not so many so many um studies on cockles and seagrass i think yeah okay so um i can't i can't recall if, if i have any have seen any study on, on cockles and seagrass yeah, interactions okay. but i but mean in yours you didn't find it no no oh, okay no um, yeah. Wow. That's some, that's some interesting results. So do you think that, um, maybe the, the, I guess the most positive outcome would be the one with, uh, with the clam, the interaction? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and do you think that could actually work with, with restoration projects as well or work towards restoration? Well, the, the thing is, um, we also done a few other studies on, on this Baltic clam with, um, seagrass and, you know, once you have a positive effect, then n next time you have a negative effect. Um, okay. It's, I don't know if it's just like context dependent mm -hmm. or if it's just like really like a variable as well. Um, okay. You would just have a huge variation between the effects yeah, right. depending on maybe the density as well um, and the area where you, where you put them. So, But you um, definitely laid the groundworks for, for more studies to be done. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. So I, I think that at least what we assumed is that in those more exposed sites, um, they can have uh, a, benef a benefit for seagrasses. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe in those more sheltered sites where you also have finer sediment, um, higher nutrients already in the sediment, um, they might actually have a more negative or slightly negative effect on yeah. seagrass. Wow. So I guess seagrass restoration is always tricky. So it really depends on yeah. um, um, your... Um, environmental conditions yeah um, exactly in situ so yeah 
Okay, cool. So we're already at the at the 45-minute mark almost. Cool. Um, is there anything you want to add that hasn't been highlighted or anything? Um, mm, no, but just, I, no. I don't think so. No? Just want to thank thanks to you. Yeah, no worries. Really cool. Like, really cool format. I like it. Yeah, cool. So, Have you ever been um, interviewed? I have not yet, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at, at, at some point, at like a Millennium episode. No, yeah. no, I'm not that important. I don't know. At like episode 19 or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. Then thank thanks you very a much lot. for coming. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. See you around. See bye you bye. around. Want to dive deeper? Surf over to hifmb.de or follow us on Twitter at hifmb underscore ol.